episode 19 of season 3 of the Three Amigos FPL podcast. I'm your host Don and I'm joined as always by my amigo Mars and my amiga Kylie. Hot on the heels of what has to be remembered as one of the most peculiar game weeks we can remember due to the sheer number of key fantasy players rested completely or with reduced minutes. As is our tradition we begin our podcast with a brief review of the, of the previous game week with the best score in poem or song format. So that this week is very definitely Kylie. Well done, Kylie. Oh, thank you. It's been a while since I've been um, in the top spot, so I'm very happy. So, in the week that it was, it turned out okay. 59, though Soylund and Vards didn't play. It was carnage all round, rotation galore, but Rashmane, Kev and Kane all managed to score. Nice. It's, it's cute this week, and with the, with the head call like that, like... Um... That's, 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 very, that's very admirable. Uh, Amara, yeah, with my, my deep man voice. Um, I'm <laughs> relatively perky. Yeah. And uh, Marzi, you're in second place. Um, so give us your yes, poem indeed, or song. Yeah. FBL yeah. managers wanted a Christmas miracle. Instead, it was farcical. Well, so they said, with a lot of mourning. Yet most were, with, most were laughing with most of the big hitters scoring. LSC end the year uh, top of every tree. As for the VIPs, we wait and see. 54 points minus four. I thought it was très chic, but just like my OR, it's still a bit bleak. <laughs> I love that minus four slotted in there. Good work, Mersey. And um, I'm very definitely uh, wrapping up the uh, the trio tonight. So um, should Captain Vardy's baby be forgot and never thought upon, the flames of Vice Pogba extinguished and fully passed and gone, is thy sweet VAR now grown so cold that loving points of thine that thou shalt never once reflect on this old team of mine? Twin, what did I get? 41 minus the 4 points, giving me a drop of 160k to 320k. So uh, a disaster of a game week, but uh, we'll, we'll move on quickly <coughs> to the next one. You need to give you a shout-out. You deserve a shout-out, though, for two weeks ago. Let's be fair. You smashed it. Two weeks ago, right? So because we 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 missed a game week. Mm. Two weeks ago, you got the highest score, like you were in the seventies or something like that. I was, yeah. So no, fair play. Great game week, yeah. Mm. The e- only one with Trent. It kind of evened out, yeah. No, the only one with Trent last week, yeah, was brilliant. But uh, yeah, no, this week definitely twenty points off the top ten k, which is what I normally kind of gauge it on. But yeah, uh, Vardy captain. Took a bit of a punt on him. Didn't know who to captain, like a lot of people. And then I thought I'd go vice Pogba in case something did happen with Vardy. Because um, I thought Pogba was definitely destined for a start, having kind of had limited minutes. But, uh, you know, it ended up being a bit of a disaster. But we live and learn and we move on. Um, I'm going to quickly cover off the standings in the Three Amigos Classic League. Um, they are still updating at the moment, but I'll kind of give the top five as they are, as I'm looking at it right now. We have Luke Warm FC, Luke Burgess on top spot, still on top spot. The Swifts, Matt Cornelius's team is up to second place. Uh, saved by Dibble, that's Jeff Holt's team, who gives us our random question of the week every week. Um, he's up to third spot. Uh, Pathetico Morbid, or Madrid, 
Alex Cummings' team is still in fourth place, and CP Warriors, Rui de Oliveira's team. He's He's been up around there in the top five all season, but now he's down to the fifth spot. So well done to all of those, and um, best of luck for the coming game weeks. Uh, let's quickly move on to Mars's rant of the week. Now, I've the season being jolly and all that, I'm not expecting too much uh, given out from Marzi, but <coughs> but he will always surprise. Yeah, yeah I mean, a, a quick crack to, to all the FPL managers who were moaning and compl- complaining about zero points, seven points, whatever. Just wait until the game week is over, then have then have a run. I mean, I've, I've seen scores 70s and 80s and high 60s, so, you know, like, seriously, just wait and see what happens. You, none of the big hitters really played on Saturday. Most of them were playing today, so... Just calm down. Now, I've avoided talking about VAR for a reason, apart from the discussions right at the beginning. Because, as I say in every tweet, so people can't say I'm biased, with VAR, especially with the offside decisions, you just you can complain all you want. It's not going to change for now. And it ha- it's happening to every club. To Liverpool, Liva or as people like to call it, to Wolves, um, Norris yesterday. So... The, th- the thing is, it's, it's very frustrating. It's, it is very frustrating. And it's not the players to blame. It's not the um, uh, the, ofi- the officials on the pitch to blame. It's the stupid VAR system and the stupid people that allow this to happen. Because it is ruining the game. I completely agree. VAR does get a lot of things right. However, the- these things, pe- people pointing out just one team. Oh, oh, Liverpool got lucky today. Yeah, well, what about Spurs? What about the other teams that happened to them. What about when Firmino scored with apparently his armpit and, and, and he was offside and it didn't count? It happens to every club. Well, so Leicester. If you're gonna, less, I if think you, Leicester is the team that's benefited most, right? And people well, are going on about Liverpool and exactly. Leicester are in second place. So If, mm. if, if you're going to complain, fine, pick up on everything. But to be honest, I, I, I say the same thing. I don't comment about it because I think it's pointless and it, you just have to deal with it. Until, hopefully, I'm hearing the FA is actually going to grow some balls and look into this. And I hope they do, along with the Premier League, because it's just stupid. The, the saying of uh, standing on the defender's shoulder is not is redundant now. You can't stand on the defender's shoulder. You have to be a foot behind. And thank God Crash doesn't play for Liverpool anymore, because we'll be offside all the time. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Yeah, his knee would be hanging so over the, definitely on the offside spot. <laughs> but yeah, no, 100% agree, Mersey. I think this it's in the spirit of offside should be to do with the adv- the attacker gaining an advantage Absolutely. There's, there's no advantage with an armpit being ahead oh, of the yeah. guy's knee come on also but, uh, you can't score with any part of your arm so like why is that relevant well you know, apparently you... armpit and shoulder is fine yeah and that's why it goes offside which is ridiculous yeah that the arm the arm doesn't count the, ha- the hand and the arm don't count but it counts when it gets to the armpit which is why they always bring the arrow oh, in because yeah. you could hit it like like um so lalana did has facial hair like pookie has a beard you know so like They'll all be trimming their facial hair next mm. because that's going to be the whole thing. <laughs> Definitely, God yeah. forbid if anyone has long nostril hairs, you're in trouble. Yeah. No, I'm just imagining if it was in women's football and if there was a particularly well-endowed female striker, she could have some oh, yeah, serious, serious issues. Yeah, just, um, just getting over that offside line. Uh, but we'll move swiftly on to um, the listener questions. And um, I've kind of bunched them up tonight, folks, into kind of three groupings. Uh, first up is Wildcard. 
Um, wild cards, of course, our second wild cards were activated um, in this, the second half of the season. And, um, and naturally, some managers have started to internally debate hitting the button right away. Outside of the usual mantra, which is the right time to use any chip is whenever you choose to use it, because, of course, it is your team. Some of our regular listeners, such as FBL Dave and Jamie Dodd, are asking our advice on this. Uh, Kylie, one way I like to look at it is kind of basically how many fires do you think you would have to put out in order to wildcard this early? I kind of think of that the same way it was with a free hit or with, you know, with bench boost or anything. It basically, it's kind of you have to weigh up the, the situation. And I think with wildcard, a lot of the time I look at it, if my team is in shambles, if I have a major injury problem or a load of out of, player, out of form players, I consider wildcarding. I've done it in the past very early. But how many fires do you think you need to put out? How many hits would you need to take in order to justify kind of hitting that wild card this early? Well, for me, actually, I tend to look at it slightly differently. Um, but I would preface that by saying, you know, if you do have a lot of fires, then obviously that, that's kind of a more immediate concern. I mean, I, I do definitely try to utilize any chips or wild cards or free hits wildcard and free hit in particular, um, strategically where I can, where I think there's a major fixture swing or certainly in the first first wildcard of the season um, or where I'll get most benefit. It is different with the, the second wildcard. Um, and I suppose what I would say is if you can hold it, particularly because just at the moment, this game week, you know, you're now freed up to access your second wild card, and it has been a seemingly c- catastrophic week, right? Even though many of us did in the end get better scores than it was looking like at a certain point yesterday, um, there were a lot of players that were rested, players are fatigued as well, so they ne- didn't necessarily play as well as we thought they might. It feels a bit unless you're in absolutely dire straits, it feels a bit knee-jerky to do it right at this moment. What I would say is if, you know, I like to keep my wild card for the latter part of the season. That's not necessarily going to be the best outcome for everyone. If you're in a position where you're finding over the next couple of weeks, maybe when this kind of crazy hectic period is over and you've got a little bit of clarity and things have normalized a little bit, if you're finding that your team, that either you can't put out a team uh, with, you know, maybe a, a couple of hits over the next two, um, or your team is in a shambles in that they're really out of form, they've got really tough fixtures, you know, then maybe it is the right time to wildcard because, of course, if you do your wildcard effectively, you've got many number of weeks before we hit sort of double game week period, uh, the major double game weeks, I should say, not the one in 24. Um, you know, there's a lot of time where you can get benefit out of out of using a wildcard. Um, so I think for me... I to to drive me to take an early wild card, I would need to not be able to field my full team with even a couple of strategic hits this week, this next game week, maybe in the one after. Um, and I'd want to see really desperate form. But I, I would urge, if it's possible, to just get out of this immediate 
uh, crazy period of rotation first because I'd want things to, you know, a lot of people who left their wild card late, for instance, uh, just because they had it, they wanted to get through the Liverpool blank and thought, okay, that'll set me up for Christmas and have been really disappointed perhaps with the outcome of their wild card simply because they've wild carded in a fixture frenzy period. So I would say hold your breath if you can, even just for a couple of game weeks, reassess. And if you really think that the benefit of doing a wild card in the next couple of weeks is going to substantially outweigh delaying it, then absolutely do it because you have to do the right thing for your team and plenty of people do an early wild card and then they really thrive. So um, it, it, it sounds so cliched for us to say, you know, do the right thing by a team, do the right thing by a team. But it's it really is the cornerstone piece of advice any of us could give because it's such a unique situation and people play the game differently and you have to play the game the way that feels comfortable for you. It's the only way you're not going to end up, you know, running out into oncoming traffic from the stress of fantasy football. 100% agree on all that, Kylie. Um, of course, Marzi, that, that is one of the things, as Kylie mentioned, after a, kind of a lot of rotation and maybe a lot of disappointed managers, it can be very tempting to kind of wildcard right afterwards, you know, when you have a bad game week. But have you any words of advice for those contemplating maybe a fresh start for their team to begin 2020? Yeah, first of all, I, I absolutely agree. Like, just calm down. We also have an FA Cup weekend coming up. So just take it easy. There's, you know, uh, lots of games, lots of rotation, players picking up injuries. There's no need to rush. Um, one advice is, uh, you know, for, for, follow Ben, ben Krillin. We have to give him credit, that amount of work that he does for the double game weeks and the chips and everything and the information. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, gap time between games, what's possible, what's happening. Um I, th- I think wildcard is interesting this year. It's it's um, some people like to manage it. I, I I'm usually like like uh, like Kylie. I I try to hold it as much as possible until all the double game weeks. Um, but I think it's this year. Last year there was some tricky period where we had a blank, then a double, and you had to really really be careful. Whereas this year it's a bit more spaced out. So you know you know according to the information that we know so far, we're going to have a blank in game week 31. That's where most likely, if you still have your free hit, you'd want to use it because it's going to be a big blank for their uh, because of their FA Cup games. So the teams that progressed and with the draws coming in, and some of the teams having um, like the Premiership teams are not playing each other too much. I think Liverpool, Everton, I don't know who else, but um, there's I think United have got a Premiership team, but the rest are or Premier League, sorry, the rest are uh, easier easier ties. You, you expect them to go through, so it could be a lot of teams that are not playing in that game week. Um, it looks like, as always, double game week 37 is going to be one of the biggest, but keep it, keeping a wild card that late is, is, is not advisable, in my opinion. Uh, bench boost is potential, but, you know, so close near the end of the season, if things are done, hopefully, and dusted, touch wood, um, will, will we see more rotation? We don't know. So, with the gap, you might be able to, you, you know, what, what you guys said is, is absolutely spot on. If you have too many fires, there's no reason to wait. If it's just a couple of you're frustrated, then you wait. There, there is an opportunity this time around to be able to manage your team um, with with an early wild card or with a late wild card without too much damage, in my opinion. But we wait and see what happens. And the FA Cup again, the FA Cup round will give us even more information. So that's why we say maybe wait a little bit before you you hit that button. But if you have too many too many problems, just go for it. Yep. 
And I mean, a lot of the high-performing players are still the ones we wildcard into. A lot of us probably own them. There isn't really that many changes unless you're doing a major structural shift. That's one thing I generally look at with wildcard is if I want to make a big <coughs> structural Agreed. change to my team. Agree. Um, you should be now already started to think about... Sorry, just one last one. You, mm-hmm. should, you should start already thinking about double game week 24 where Liverpool are playing. If you, don't, if you only have one Liverpool player, you need three. And you have four game weeks to fix that. To be honest, I would say that's the, that's the one thing. I'll, mapping um, that, agree completely. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be mapping my steps to that uh, rather than maybe a wild card if if it can be avoided. Yeah, one of the reasons I brought I brought Salah in um, what was that. Now I have Salamani, and then Trent will come in, and I plan for him to come for 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 that game week or even maybe before. Um, wouldn't go. I think we'll touch on West Ham later, but yeah, you don't maybe one, yeah, one player, but the, not too mad. We're we're actually gonna go on to Hammer Time is my ah, section two okay. of the listener See, questions. look at that smoothly it's, going in. It's smoothly it's, 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 it's like we had a production meeting before Han Mersey. Uh, with a double game week twenty four coming and an anticipated new manager bounce with uh, David Moyes, I saw announced uh, just before the podcast started tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the are there man are there players who should be maybe on managers watch lists? Uh, questions from Jamie Dodd and Hindu Monkey among others asking us to speak on the hammers. What do you think, Marzi? Uh, come to you first on that. Oh, um, no, not really. Uh, Moise does not inspire me at all. Maybe the one option is Fabianski. Uh, although I was really shocked by his price, four point nine. I thought it was a it would be a lot less. Uh, and I don't know maybe because he was locked when he got injured or some whatever. Uh, I think Fabianski is a good option. Uh, he's a really good keeper. He's already come back and saved the pen. Um, so if you you know if you're not sure what, what keeper to have, stick with him for the game week. It really depends on your plans, like we just spoke. If you want to use a wild card after, then you max it. Uh, I'll probably have three Liverpool players. I think at the moment I'm only looking for one West Ham player, but it depends on my plans. I might have two and then move them out straight after that. Now looking at the players, uh, I'll, apart from the keeper, I'll probably won't go any, any anywhere near. I mean, eh, they have cheap defenders, right? And Diop might have a goal in him, but I wouldn't really go there. Uh, I wouldn't go anywhere near Hala because there's too many other better options. Uh, and in that game, in that double game week, like you've got Tottenham playing Norwich at home, you've got obviously Liverpool are playing a double game week. There's good fixtures for for your other strikers, so you don't need to go there. Um, then you need to see who. Well, look, we've got three or four game weeks now to see what Moy's going to do and which players are going to stay because he's not really a flair type of player, is he? So, will somebody suffers? Will Will Anderson get dropped? Will uh, Will Antonio play more? I, I, Antonio is the one I'm watching actually because he's a typical player that Moyes would love. He's you know he gives it all. He's got the pace. He's got the strength, and he's got a goal in him. So he's he could be a nice punt. But we need to watch and see. Is he you know does he have fitness problems? Is he playing? I think we need to monitor them over the next three to four weeks and then make a decision. But I wouldn't go like with three players unless you are planning definitely to use a wildcard straight after um, and or, or phase them out yeah uh, Kylie Anton to add on that yeah so I, I'd just quickly say as well that uh, from an attacking perspective I'd be highly reluctant but if there is one player that would maybe have the potential to pique my interest over the next couple of fixtures it would be Antonio just because you know, we have seen what he can do in the past and he is capable of popping up with a goal. Um, the minutes ha- are maybe somewhat concerning, um, so it will be really interesting to see how that shakes out. Their next few are, I believe, Bournemouth, Sheffield, United and Everton. Um, other thing is it's Leicester and Liverpool, I believe, that they are playing in the double game week. So 
that doesn't bode particularly well for clean sheets um, or attacking returns necessarily. But um, Fabianski would be probably the only one that I would give genuine consideration to. Like Marzi, I don't love his price at 4.9, but, you know, he's played seven full games this season. It's not a huge amount. Um but in that time, he kept clean uh, three clean sheets, and he does make a lot of saves. He made six saves uh, only just uh, yesterday. So uh, he is capable. He is actually a really good keeper. Unfortunately, West Ham's defence is not so great. Um, but, I, you know, those Liverpool and Leicester, those are the kind of games in which I wouldn't see a clean sheet for him, but I could see him absolutely racking up saves. So something to consider. Yeah, good stuff, Kate. Next up tonight, we have Catching Fire. Buying Ololeon players who are performing at elite levels makes difference between success and failure for our fantasy teams. One player who's really caught the eye at late is Wolves Adama Traore. But first, I would like us to discuss the merits of Everton's Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Marzi, give us your thoughts on the Toffee as an alternative maybe to Ings, uh, suggested by Jonathan Strack, or Mope, as uh, suggested by FBL Triple Nutmeg. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one to be honest. We said um, on the last last time we recorded, we said don't uh, rush uh, into um, Everton uh, and w- wait and see. Car- Carver Lewin is an interesting one because I look he's scoring goals right, and they've played two games now under Ancelotti and he's got three goals I believe. Um, is he going to continue playing? For, I, I, look, I, th- I think he's their best option right now. January will be interesting because I can see Everton spending money. And if they go and get a big striker, then that, that's, a, that's a concern for, for, uh, for Calvin. As, as good as he's, he's doing, and he's doing really well. Um, so is he an option? If I look at the fixtures, ignoring the next one because they play Man City, or, yeah, um, <clears throat> you've you got Brighton, West Ham, Newcastle, Watford. It's a good run. Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not denying that. But why would I be moving Ings, who's actually on form, returning? He seems to just need to get a tap in and he will get uh, bonus points. And I'm not a bitter non-owner. Because, OK, he's got Tottenham and Leicester. But then he's also got Wolves, Crystal Palace. OK, there's Liverpool. Then Brighton, Aston Villa, West Ham, Newcastle. So, for, I mean, unless you jump now, because you don't want, to, want him to play Tottenham at home, who are not really the best defensive team. The, the 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 fixtures uh, and then maybe then Leicester away okay but the fixtures are not that that much difference between between the two so I don't see why you would move I, I, I honestly don't I think Southampton are doing well I think Southampton still need to fight and 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 secure secure their future and he's their main man and he's playing he will not play the FA Cup game I'm pretty sure and he will continue to score goals so. Unless you have no other fires, I don't see the need for it, personally. And I think you keep watching Everton and see how they play and, um, and, and what they do. That's my, that's my opinion on it. I don't know, Carly, if you have anything else. Yeah, um, so I, I had a look at, uh, at Calvert-Lewin. I, I think one of the points you made there, which is actually a really, really valid one that people should consider, is um, the, the January window because Ancelotti has just come in. Calvert-Lewin is doing really well for them and he seems to have really nailed down that spot. But you would assume that Ancelotti is going to want to put his mark on this team and I would assume that he has been given some budget to, to do that. So it is something to keep an eye on because we really don't know what's going to happen there. Um, 
so on on Calvert Lewin, okay. Um, statistically, he's looking really good. Um, he's passing the eye test, so there's there's a lot of positives there. Um, he is over the last four, he's averaged three and a half um, attempts, and two point eight of those are in the box, and one point five of them on target. So he's he's getting the shots, he's getting the opportunities, and I think is a really, especially at his price, he just went up, so he's 5.8 now, but I think he's a really respectable option. Um, they do have decent fixtures. Um, I think he is a great option if you're looking to move from a Tammy. I realise Tammy scored today, but Chelsea, they're still underwhelming for me. Um, and also if you're looking maybe to downgrade from somewhere because you're looking to fund upgrades for Liverpool players, whether you're going upgrade in midfield for Mane or Salah, or you're looking to fund Trent. Um, it, it's a very plausible scenario there. I I would hesitate to support the move from Ings uh, for many of the reasons that Mars mentioned. Ings, while he doesn't take as many shots uh, we know this, but his accuracy is excellent. He scored for 50% of Southampton's goals. He's absolutely their talisman. The minute he scores, all of a sudden, he's got three bonus. So he ticks a lot of those boxes, um, and you're not really making that much money by moving from Ings to Calvert-Lewin. So it's not funding a major upgrade for you somewhere. So I think from other other players, a move to Calvert-Lewin – is is absolutely worth considering. Um, be prepared if you're going to do that to to keep an eye on that window um, and and have an escape route in plan. But I personally wouldn't be moving from Ings, regardless of the fixtures. As I said in our last pod. Nice one, Kate. And uh, next up, as I mentioned, Adama Torore. Both FBL Geek and Noid were asking about the flying bundle of muscle, which is Adama. Um, your thoughts on him as a viable fantasy asset? He's in great form this season so far, anyway. Yeah, I mean, look, a totally different picture to the Traore of last season. And Was it Middlesbrough he was with? Who was it when he first came on the scene? Um, anyway. Think, was it West Brom, used- maybe? I, Maybe I don't know. I'm I, think, I, think, I think I think Middlesbrough. I think Middlesbrough. I think it was, but he it was, was somewhere where he was just running and doing nothing else. And they were not a very attacking team, so I do think it it was Middlesbrough. But um, he was just running, 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 absolutely zero end product at all. Um, there obviously some considerable amount of work and training has gone on because he has substantially improved, and at five point five. I just think he looks a super value option. So it's four goals, four assists, 12 bonus. Um, statistically, he looks good. So in the last four weeks, I'm not including this game today in that. Um, you know, obviously he came on uh, partway through the match. But um, so in the previous four game weeks, he was averaging six penalty area touches, 3.7 attempts, two of them in the box. 1.7 of them blocked, which is an important thing to consider. 1.7 on target. So 45.5% shot accuracy for Adama Traore. That's mental. Um, and he's also created an average of 2.7 chances per match. So I test, he looks exciting even when he came on today. Um, if he ticks the box in terms of his underlying stats for me, and particularly when you consider the price. So what I would say is, you know, if you look at the the next four fixtures, say, 
it is interesting because seemingly on paper they look amazing. You know, you see green on the FDR with uh, Watford away, Newcastle at home, Southampton away, Liverpool at home, obviously doesn't look so great. And they just played them today. But um, Watford are actually low key smashing it out of the park in terms of their defense. So their third best over the last four uh, for goals conceded, and they've kept two clean sheets. Um, they've actually kept six clean sheets over the course of the season, which is more than many teams. Five of them were at home, and uh, Wolves are playing them um, at, at Watford's home ground. So something to consider. Newcastle um, away are no great shakes, and um, their third worst, in fact, for gold goals conceded. They've conceded seven goals over the last four. So that could be quite lucrative. And then they have Southampton, who are kind of – not as bad as they could be, um, and, you know, perhaps that's somewhat skewed by the Chelsea result. Um, but, you know, the, the point is it's kind of a bit of a mixed bag. However, if you're looking for a value option, and this almost goes directly to what I was saying about Calvert-Lewin, but I would say it even more firmly because I don't think we have the same caveats around Traore. I think Traore has made himself an eminently playable midfield option who does not need to sit on the bench as we once would have thought. Um, he's 5.5. If you are looking to prep for a Liverpool double game week, I think he is an excellent option. And I fancy him to get continue to get returns over the course of the season. The link up between him and Jimenez is really working. They keep assisting one another. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I would say 5.5. Don't have ridiculous expectations of returns. Um, and beware that maybe the fixtures aren't as easy as they seem. Not that that ever seems to worry Wolves because I believe that Liverpool and Leicester are the only two sh- uh, teams they haven't scored against this season. Um, I, I would go for it, absolutely. Um, I know, and I, I'm going to kick it myself that I got in Grealish instead of Traore last week. Cause, Me too. Um, <laughs> it was a toss-up between the two, and uh, it w- my game week would have been saved by that one simple transfer. Um but uh, Kylie, quickly move on to FBL Geek was uh, looking for some viable fantasy assets for uh, midfield assets, I believe he said, for approximately $6 million. Um, have you got any kind of uh, – Damage Rory is obviously one, um, I presume. Yeah. What what price is Grealish at, actually? Is he 6-something? He's 6-4. Six six. He's 6.4. Hmm. And um, I, own, I own Grealish. Um, and I still think Grealish is – fantastic but I'm genuinely concerned about um, how much output we can get or reasonably expect from Grealish given the circumstances with Aston Villa they are not looking good I mean Watford have scored three goals against them just now McGinn's out for three months and I think we will see I think that he will shine absolutely in moments because he's capable of that. But I think it's also a case of him largely having to carry that team. So given that Traore is cheaper, 0.9 cheaper currently, um, I would personally favour that move. I think that the options around the 6 million mark are a bit mm, uninspired. I think you can still, if you don't want Traore, I think you can still go down to some of the cheaper ones. Um, Cantwell, again, you know, he's come up before. Obviously, he was rested this week, but I don't think minutes for today or Boxing Day or whatever should really 
factor that heavily into your thinking because so many have been rested. Um, and he is still really key to Norwich. Uh, the other one who unfortunately didn't get his assist today because the goal was overruled is Fleck. I think he is 4.8 or 4.9 from Sheffield United. And he's been really good value as well. Um, Regardless of fixtures, obviously their fixtures aren't amazing or far from amazing, but uh, he's a decent price. I would still call Traore my top pick, but I think those are respectable options. And I would probably be saying, yeah, go down to that little bit lower rather than maybe a Grealish or a Mount um, who still have pedigree and are still absolutely capable options. But... I'm just not certain, given the circumstances with their teams, that they're necessarily going to give you a substantially better output for the spend. Good stuff, Kate. Um, I echo that. Um, Traore and and so, with uh, DCL, actually, they're, both of them look like players who are kind of in the form of their lives and who look like they really kind of have nearly kind of clicked and realised what they need to do to be successful. Um, so uh, I definitely would, would be on the Traore bandwagon as well. What are you going to say there, Mersey? Yeah, a, a couple more. So, yeah, just, just a couple to add. Um, around that price, um, it's all going to be a punt. So Ward Price for Southampton on set pieces, he could be a good option if you if, if you don't have things or if, if you want to double up. They have some good fixtures coming up, which we, we, we touched on before. Um, if you fancy someone else uh, different to... Um, Cantwell, uh, Buendia is, is six and he's really good. I'm really impressed by the way he plays and, and I think he, he will rack some more points. But for me, both of them are, are only home players. Um, uh, and then there is Trossard from Brighton who also have good fixtures. And if he remains fit, they, he, could, he could become, a, um, for me, a, a good option. But like I said, they are all punts. Um, Apart from that, uh, Barnes from Leicester, he seems to be playing. But again, if you, to be honest, he'll be like fourth or fifth pick from Leicester. You, you get a defender, you get Vardy, then it's Madison, Tielemans. But if you can't afford those, then you go to Barnes. But I'll, he wouldn't be my first choice. So that those are the ones that I had in mind. Good stuff. Thanks, Mersey. Um, next up, we have a random question from Jeff at FBL underscore, underscore Thunder. Um, okay, it is Amigos, Three Amigos, Date Night. Yeah, that we that initially, Jeff, that first line did make us a bit concerned about what this question was going to entail. But uh, the three of you are finally getting together and you're each responsible for one aspect of the evening. Mars is responsible for providing the entertainment. I am in charge of food selection and Kay, of course, is in charge of the drinks. Um, that naturally, because Kay has a little bit of a reputation in that regard. Uh, what would you all do? Cultivated entirely by you, by the way. Yeah, yeah. What would you all do to make it a special meeting? Have fun, everyone. I don't so, know uh, if you can blame Don. I don't know if you can blame Don when you decided to do a wine day Wednesday. <laughs> that was not possible. <laughs> well, I, at that point, I just embraced it. Yeah, in fairness, it has been me, Mars. I, I, I do take responsibility. I have overrated it a little bit. Um, but uh, tell me, uh, Marzi, tell us what's our entertainment for our well, come on, Three I Amigos mean, listen, dinner. The first thing that we do, we have to get out of board games. I mean, we've heard about Kylie and her board, board game shenanigans, and we can see how competitive she is. We have to have a board it game. It would end in a row, though. Between you and her, it definitely would end it, in a row. It, it doesn't matter, but we have to have it. I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> see the crazy eyes, yeah. 
And I think, I think, you know, Don, at least for you and I, we need to get the karaoke machine out as well, right? Like, oh, you know, yeah, baby, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Kindly can put the earplugs in. <laughs> and drink the wine in the corner. But I thought a bit of karaoke and board games to get to get the evening going, yeah. Yeah, Kylie might, well, she might throw a bit of a spanner in the works and suggest some other drink in a minute rather than red wine. But uh, I'd be thinking um, for food selection, we'd probably go with some nice Arabic fare. Because we're all fans of that. Nice spicy uh, falafel, uh, hummus, loads and loads of tasty, tasty tidbits um, that we can be eating while we're playing our game Monopoly or whatever. But uh, Kylie, what will we be washing it all down with? Well, okay, you and I will be washing it down with a bottle or three of red. Um, And Mars, of course, is going to have his Coke Zero with lime, no lemon. (laughs) <laughs> I get in trouble she's well researched Marzi <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> fair play to her uh, let's kick on with our game week plans and our captain picks and um, nice. of course we have two game nice. weeks sorry what? I am so sorry I have just got um, a message from upstairs that the apartment of us is literally flooding through uh, oh, to our building yeah so I'm actually yeah. going to have to run um, run run yeah um I don't even know Run, what just, transfer just, is going to be. Yeah, just just <laughs> right. go. Just go. This, this will be one way for you not to reveal your transfer. Yeah, okay, bye, guys. It's been an elaborate one, though. <laughs> Sorry, bye. <laughs> All right. Uh, Marzi, so uh, so it's just me and you for the for the remainder. Hope, hopefully, it won't be anything too bad there. But uh, Marzi, give us your um, your plans. What what are you thinking at the moment for uh, for Game Week Twenty One, and who do you think you will be captaining? Is it still on Kane? Mm. Well, I'm glad I stuck st- I stuck with Kane. So basically, I um, took a minus four, took Ali and Zaha out. Probably Zaha never ever again to step into my team um, to bring Salah in. Uh, I just thought you know he'll be he'll be fresh. For the game because he well fresher than others and I thought Manu might be rotated to be honest. Uh, luckily I had both and also thinking ahead and I just I just love watching you know I love watching my boys play and I've always had Salah in my team. I took it I feel I took him out at the right time and I think it's uh, it's the right time to bring him back in now especially with the double game week and and that's going for the title. Let's let's there's no two ways about it. We we want it and we want to get it done. It's going to be. January will be tough and we, we normally struggle in January and I can see club going for it you know just to, to make sure that we there's no complacency there so I want our attacking players the best and that's why I decided to do that um, but I had it on Kane the whole week and I didn't want to change it because I just think Norwich are awful defensively but then Spurs were awful and to be honest I was complaining about the Rashford last minute goal and free bonus and Ings getting a goal and then Abraham last minute uh, last 10 minutes goal as well but <laughs> I was so lucky as a cane owner to even get any points. I was I actually put a tweet out just before Spurs got a pen saying I genuinely think if Spurs were to get a pen, Kane would miss it. That's how absolutely knackered he looked and how crap they were. So I'll I'll I took the eight points and run away. Now, uh thinking about next game week, mm, it's a tough one. At the moment, I uh, um tough on captaincy. I plan no um I don't think I'm making any moves. I think I'm gonna wait. Um I was planning to bring Trent in if I didn't make any moves, but I decided to go for Salah first. Trent is going to be most likely the next person to come in. It's just when and and who for. We do have a couple of tough games, so I might not jump into it. You know, got Sheffield United, Tottenham, and I might wait until the double game week and then see who I will take out to bring Trent in. Uh, you know, other mid. I 
a high midfielder or, or, or Kane uh, for, for Trent. So that's that's my plan, unless there's injuries. And obviously, as we said, I probably will bring in Fabianski as well. So I will make those moves before by by game week 24. Um, so yeah, that that's yeah. that's my plan. Yeah, no, it's it's a good plan. Um, I know that I've had a couple of people in my team that are kind of making me a bit sick. My Pogba shout has gone absolutely atrociously. Two sub appearances and a no-show. Um, and my bench has been shown up to be the weak thing that it is basically in this last game week where some other people were getting points off the bench. Um, I got diddly squat. Lundstrom unexpectedly rested. Connolly not playing. Um, he's kind of he's becoming a little bit too much of a bit part player for me for Brighton. Um, and then my third, my fifth defender, which I always generally have as the absolute like budget, budget, never playing kind of player. Um, Gibson, um, I could have used to have a player there that actually is playing this game week, but. Mm. Um, unfortunately, yeah, but the, my plans basically will kind of, I need to kind of figure out a way to get a little bit more strength and depth without wasting kind of too many transfers on um, on getting in bench players that I'm not planning on playing. So I have a little bit of a rethink uh, for myself for, um, for, for the next couple of game weeks. At the moment, my captaincy for game week 21 is on Vardy. I'm away to Newcastle. I can see, you know, new baby wanting to lift up the shirt to, I don't know, have a little message for his <laughs> for for his new baby. I can see it happening. Newcastle away. Yeah. Newcastle are no no main. They're no real slouches, but I'd fancy um, Leicester to to do them. Um, other than that, then it's very hard to look past De Bruyne at the moment because he is so much on fire at home to Everton. Um, I don't think God, Man I'm City. I'm glad I brought him back. Can yeah, you oh, imagine? Jesus, yeah. Oh my yeah, God! Yeah. Sometimes you just have to swallow your pride, and mm. that's what I did. Because I wasn't planning on bringing him back this early, but I just could not watch another City game with him play. He is by far the best midfielder we have in the Premier League and maybe in the world right now. Mm, he is, yeah. He is, definitely. From an FBL uh, point of view and actually watching him. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, and, and for a while it has been like the case where we were talking about him as though he was you know, so such a brilliant player, but maybe not from an FBL point mm, of view, always yes. assisting the assister and so yeah, on. Yeah. But uh, but no, he's he's on fire and I wouldn't, we, we, I wouldn't want to be that with him or Trent, really. They're the two players that, mm, um, yeah. that I definitely don't want to be without. I took a risk with Trent and it backfired, obviously, with that, with that 20-pointer or 24-pointer or whatever last week. And he he will come back in. It's just obviously he's so expensive that I need to get rid of a highly owned player, um, yeah. and I need to be really really careful who who I get rid of. The annoying thing is Kane plays Norwich at home that game week as well. It just depends if they continue to be absolutely rubbish. Mm. <laughs> I, I know, might just I know. let him go. But to be fair, I, he's not done what I want. Well, apart from one game where he got a brace and, and an assist. He's not been as explosive, but he's been ticking. He's been getting points. So yes, he's a lot of money, but he's he's, he's doing well. Just one one thing that I want to say to you is uh, Lundstrom was not rested. He actually failed the fitness test. So we have to be careful for next game week to see if he's fit enough or not. It's quick turnaround against Liverpool um, away. They will need him. I'll start him if he's playing, but we just need to be careful with that one. I just noticed his yellow mark actually on mm. the on the side because I assumed it was just um, you know. Apparently just a rest. It, a, it would yeah. be a surprise if he had the form he's in, but 
we can just say a happy new year to all our listeners. Yes, um, <laughs> a very happy new year to our listeners, and uh, thanks a million as always for listening. Um, and uh, and best luck to you and your families in in uh, 2020. Um, that's all we got time for on tonight's show. Uh, we'll take this opportunity, as as Marzi said, to wish you a happy new year. And um, and we have been Mars, who you can find at Mars05, Kylie, you can find at KylieFPL, and myself, who you can find at the Marple Curse. Make sure you're following our group account at 3AmigosFPL. Thanks as always for listening and your continued support. Good luck in Game Week 21. Adios, amigos. One for each other and all for one. The three brave amigos are we. Brother to brother and everyone. A brave amigo.